Hello and welcome back to the Game Bet Match Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Friedman, along with my co-host, Brad Sloan. Back in the house, baby. Back yeah. in the house for uh what quarterfinals? Quarterfinals, yeah. I love doing this round. Like this is a great, like I, I kind of like our new like Sunday, Thursday pod schedule. I think it makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's good. Because you get like a nice clean pot, a nice clean round. It's usually, yep. you know, like you usually get, you know, I mean, you almost always get like the quarter. There's four of them, right? There's four quarters by by definition. Yeah. <laughs> um right. and so, you know, it's just like a nice like mid, mid, you know, midweek to to do one. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's like a it's like a limited number of matches, so we can get through them in like a decent time frame. It's not like the five hour. Well, when pop. you have these three tournaments, we have twelve matches, which is like the perfect number to to preview on a pod, right? Like it is, it I, is. Cause yeah, we, it, we can we can get through them, um, uh, but it's not ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, with, without further ado, let's let's uh, let's dive right in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve All matches. Right. Sounds good. We're not going to do like a recap. We're just going to kind of recap by extension, because I'm sure like the recap will come out when we uh, when we preview these matches. So let's see here. Bara. Oh. All right. So, uh, you want to start in Buenos Aires? We can do that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, I wouldn't um... start in Delray Beach because <laughs> they're still, I think they're still, we're still waiting for a line on the TFO match. Oh, the good TFO point. Sabo match. Good point. Yeah. It's actually a match I want to I want to play. Well, I'm hoping to play it. Yeah, if we get a line. Um, but okay, so uh, Lajovic against uh, Diaz Acosta is the first match of the day in Buenos Aires. So uh, Lajovic, basically a pure pick'em here, and the over under of twenty two and a half. Uh, so Lajovic, so he likes these conditions, right? Like, I mean, slow clay is the only place Lajovic is really really playable right like sometimes you'll see him pop up on slow hard and do something but he's really he's really a clay specialist but and it's slow clay i agree and which is really important that backhand is really yeah. good but if it gets it rushed is. it's not very it's it's not nearly right. as good like that's kind of the difference between his backhand and some of the other like great backhands on the tour mm-hmm. is that i feel like his needs like a lot more time but I want to stress uh, about like how good he is on on slow clay. Like I actually think on slow clay, he might be top ten. Oh, I think that's an over. I a think reaction? that's an over top fifteen, maybe. No, I think like maybe top thirty, top forty. Like, is he better than Echeverry on slow clay? I think so. On slow clay, yes. On on altitude clay, no. But like, if you look at his results, like Monte Carlo, he made a Masters 1000 final. That's slow. That's one of the slowest clay courts of the year, too. Right. This year, this event, I think he was in the semis last year. Right. Yeah. No, I, mean, Han- I agree. He does great. Angeluca, one of his his other runs, that was one of the slowest clay courts all year last year as well. And he did extremely well there. So like, it seems like he takes advantage of these opportunities when it comes about when, when it's a really, really slow clay court and like the track record of him playing on these like really slow courts, it's it's pretty good. I'm not saying he's not a good clay court player. Like if you want, if you were going to say top 50, 
I would agree. Top 10, top 15, no way. Like, no, but, it's... but I'm not saying top 10 or top 15 in like, if just clay in general, it has to no, be slow clay, but even slow clay. I don't think he's top 10 or top 15. Like okay. what's the best he's ever done at the French, like third, fourth round. Like it's best. Well, yeah. Best of five, I guess if you're considering just rankings, then yes, but I'm not just concerned. I'm just saying like, like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, don't look like it, this is like me saying Fokina was a top 10 player on clay last okay. year. Like, it's, right. you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a little, reaction. okay. I'll, you know, I'll like, no, I mean, cause look like he's nowhere in like joke. Like, so if we start naming names, like he's nowhere in Djokovic's league. Uh, he's not in Alcaraz's league. He's not in Rublev's league. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of good clay court players out there. Klaus will probably get on me tomorrow on Twitter for, for yeah. that out. I mean, I, I think top 50, like I think top 50, top 40, maybe like, I think he's a really good slow I, court player. I think he's um, better than that. I, I'm going to say top 25. I mean, I, I can see the argument for it. I'm, I don't agree, but I can see the argument for it. Okay. For top 25. All right. So I guess you know where I'm going uh, in this match. I'm just going to play the Lyavik money line at minus 110. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hit it as well. I don't, I'm not as behind it as you are. Um, okay. Look, I mean, Diaz Acosta's, you know, he's playing well. Um, he's, Lajevic struggles a little bit versus left-handers. I looked over the past three or four years. I think he's like six and seven versus left-handers and like 38 and 21 or something versus right-handers. Um, so I don't really understand why, because his backhand's a good wing. So you would think that like cross-court forehands into his backhand wouldn't be a problem. Um, but maybe he's not able to pick on the other side as much. Um, but for some reason, he he does seem to struggle a little bit against left-handers. Um, I mean, Acosta, like, these are great conditions for Facundo Diaz-Acosta as well. Um, but I'm not taking too much stock into the win against Dolo. I'm I'm weighing that as more bad Dolo than good Diaz-Acosta. I agree with that. Um, I still, like I said, like, I'm on this at minus 110, but I don't, like... I wouldn't it's play this GBM much for like minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. So it's not GBM worthy in your eyes. It's close. for me. It is. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's here. it's it's. Look, I, I get it. Like I think Lajevic is is way better on on slow clay than anywhere else. But this is like I said. I'm I'm, I'm on Lajevic for sure. Um, maybe it's GBM worthy. Let's see what else comes out. But but maybe it's. I think it's a tough card. Uh, I, I'm looking at the match. I think it's a tough card. Uh, I think mm -hmm. yeah. But okay. Um, who was Diaz Acosta's first round match against? This up, I don't remember. Oh, uh, and it wasn't fees. That was that was uh, Lyavich's. Um, Diaz Acosta beat Sarundalo, and he beat somebody else. Uh. Oh, Altmeyer. Yeah, I mean, look, Diaz. I mean, look, he's 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 you know he's playing well. He gassed out in in against Baez in Cordoba, so that I mean, that that's why he lost that match so badly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's tough to grade him because, like, you know, it's tough to grade like these high level challenger guys who like it's great conditions. You know, it's. I think he's. I think he's. You know, he's at home like. Well, Altmaier clearly hates these are these uh, South American uh, conditions. Like, if these matches were in Germany, the the result would probably be reversed. Yeah, right. Yeah, Lyavich has uh, done pretty well. I 
I well, get I think the argument. Someone will hear in the past, so that that narrative doesn't doesn't really, you know. Yeah, like I guess I, I think Lyovic should be favored here, and I, I'm I've, I've hit it at minus one ten. I think there's some value here at minus one ten, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't like. What's it's, I don't think the books are way off here. But I was surprised to see this as a pick. I thought there was going to be like one and a half, two game spread, something like that. For yeah, I agree. Lyovic. I agree. For me, it's a two unit play. I'm I'm going all in on Lyovic here. All right. I, I like it a lot. Uh, next match we got is uh, Sebastian Baez against Federico Coria. This is the rematch of uh, last year's Cordoba final. Um, according to MP9, Cor- Federico Coria is the GOAT. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's on, well, but he lost to Bagness. Like, we, we forget. Like, it hasn't been all flowers and roses. Like, we're joking, Dave, if you're watching the funny jokes. Aside, yeah. uh, Coria is not the goat. What's funny about this one is I feel like Coria, I feel like altitude helps Coria because it get like he, he can hit through the court a little bit more. Um, because really on slow clay, he's got like really no weapons. Um, but he does, he does seem to find a way to win matches. Um, it's funny just, because he's that because played twice last year. Um, Baez won the matching Cordoba, he won the Cordoba final at altitude. And then they played at sea level in Bastad and Coria won. Hmm. But Baez, I think, I think Baez is better with clay altitude also. He won Kitzbühel and Cordoba last year. Um, I don't think either guy's a bad slow court player, but I think they're both like better on like slightly quicker clay courts because they can get a little more help to hit through the court. Um, and they both get a little more help with their serves. Um and I think Baez has more firepower, so like I I lean Baez here. But at, at the same time, Corey is just he he like he's a pest, right? That's how that's how I describe him. Like if you're not ready to play and you're not ready to grind for three hours, you're coming out second. Especially now one concern Golden's here play. is that Corey did grind almost three hours today against Nori. I think it was two and a half, but it was that was a long match. Yeah, and he had the day off between his uh, win against Offner, right? Yeah, but he doesn't get a day off today, obviously. Or he doesn't get the day you know, off played, here. But Bias played later, right? And he has a quicker turnaround. So I think it's a wash. But it was quick. But that was a quick match. And that wasn't like... I, I he came back like, in the second set against Ardari. It's not like it was easy. Yeah, but it's... It's... Fair... But I think like the later matters more when it's like lately, like when you know, like, you know what I mean? Like if you're talking like mm-hmm. past 10, 11 PM finishes, I think then the late starts to really play in, um, you know, it's so, you know, I overall here, I did go for Coria and I took the money line. Cause I do think this is like, I think this is, I, I don't love it. Like, I think it's, for me, it's just enough to play Coria. Like, I, I don't know, like, like, I think Baez should be a favorite. I think he should be, you know, I wouldn't play Coria at, like, plus 150 or plus 160. Um, I think there's just enough here to, to play Coria, though. Like, I like the Baez over 12 and a half at even money. That's probably where I'm going. I get that look. I think that makes a lot of sense. Right, what is the three set line here? One thirty. That could make a lot of sense too. One forty-five. One forty-five. That's not a bad look either. 
Yeah. Did they, so the, I know the Cordoba match was like what, it was like straight, it was straight sets, but it was fairly close. That was three. Did both their matches, both their head heads have oh, been Oh, both matches won three yeah. last year. Okay. I think the, I mean, I think the three set line could be interesting here. I think, I mean, the Coria 2-1, it's kind of funny, but like the Coria, the Coria 2-1 at 5-1 is actually kind of interesting to me here. Like, um, actually that might, yeah, I mean, I think that could be a play. Um, if it goes three though, don't you think? By I mean, don't you think Bias would have the physical edge? A bit, but I don't know. I mean, Corey is really fit too, and like I feel like that. I feel like that's being taken into into account in this line. Like, do I mean, do we think Bias is that? Like, like given how well Corey is playing right now, and given that these are you know these are not bad conditions for Corey himself, like. Do we think that Corey is this much better of a player than than Bi or that Bai is this much better than Corey to be a, a two to one favorite? I mean, Baez didn't look great in Cordoba, where you think he'd look better. Um, yeah, I think he's looked better this week. I mean, I think the win against Ardari was actually quite impressive. Um. I see. I think the line is about right. Like I, I would rather find something in the derivative markets. Like I just don't f think Korea will have enough offense to win this match. And like the thing with Offner is that like, I think he's, he, first of all, he's not as fit as Baez, right? So like Baez is going to be willing to grind. Whereas Offner was going for broke too early in rallies. And that's what bit him in the ass at the end of the day. And then, like, today with, with Nori, just the fact that, like, Corey was more seasoned, right? Like, Nori wasn't – he just didn't feel comfortable. Like, he needed a match or two. Like, if he played a match or two and gained comfortability, like, I think he would have beaten Corey. But, like, he just I wasn't. Don't, I don't – I'm not as high on Nori, Golden Swing Nori. Like, every match last – you remember, every match last year at Golden Swing Nori, he would win close. And yeah. He was beating, like – these level of players in close match, which isn't overly impressive. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not fully buying into, like, Coria playing, like, great tennis or, like... Oh, no! I mean, but know. that's not what Coria does. Like, you never walk out of a match against Coria. Like, nobody's nobody's watching a match that Coria plays and be like, wow, Coria, like, Coria really destroyed that guy today, right? Like, it's but, really, like, it's, it's more about, like... But that's what I'm saying. To win grinding. this match, he's going to have to play well. Like just doing what Coria does is not going to be enough. I don't know. I don't know that the Baez like like the like Baez his footwork and his forehand are amazing on the clay. He's like I love watching him his him the way he moves on the clay and then his forehand. The backhand's not amazing. Um, no. I don't know, man. Like like I said, I think Baez. Should, I don't I don't disagree with you that Baez Baez probably will win this match like a hundred percent. I just don't know like that the line should be where it's at. But I might need to look at this one a little bit more and dig in a little more. I don't know. It's it's so tough because Corey is on a little bit of a heater right now. His form looks quite good. But I, to me, I'm like relative to normal Corey, right? Like, but I yeah. hear you with the matchup. It's a, it's a fair I'm going to split my unit between the three sets and the bias over 12 and a half. 
Yeah. That's how I'm going to play it. I'll probably do one unit on each. Okay. Yeah. All right, moving on. Alcaraz against Vavasori. So I saw some of the Alcaraz match today against um, Ugo Carabelli. Um, Alcaraz really didn't look good. I mean, he got broken, what, like three times, three or four times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still, you know, nearly covered the six, six games. That was a very stressful push for me. Um, but that being said, I think he's going to get better as this tournament goes on. And I'm, I'm probably going to go right back to the well and, uh, and lay the six here. I was looking like I looked at the past two years on clay Alcaraz against guys outside the top hundred mm -hmm. and like six is kind of the line. Like sometimes he covers six, sometimes he doesn't. And it doesn't really seem to matter. Like, you know, I don't know. It, it, I I don't know that these, I don't know that I have a play here. Like I think six is probably the right line. But I think like if Alcaraz was like, you know, Roland Garros Alcaraz from last year, right? Or Barcelona or Madrid Alcaraz from last year. This spread is probably seven. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, Babasori no. is like, you you don't see sevens. Like, you hardly ever see sixes. Like, the only time you see sevens, if it's if it's like Leo Borg or like a wild card that's like, you know, outside the top 300. Like, Babasori, I think he, did he qualify? Like, Babasori is like a legitimate challenger player. Like, he's not. Yeah, he is. But um, I mean, if Alcaraz punish, you know, hit punishes that backhand, like he's just going to drop the ball short, and Alcaraz is going to have like the c entire court to do whatever the hell he wants, whether it's a drop shot. And or that's fine, but I, you know, I guess the other way around would be like Vavasori does have a de have a pretty good serve, does have a pretty good forehand. Like you know, if 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 Alcaraz is, I mean, Alcaraz was not returning Carabelli's serve the best today. If he's, you know. <laughs> Bravasori's serve is better than than Ugo Carabelli's. Um, yeah, on a really slow core, I don't really think it makes that much of a difference. Like it does a little bit, but like I think Alcaraz is going to be able to start points. I mean, you got you might need four breaks rallies. to cover six. What? You might need four breaks to zero to cover six. Like, and then you have to deal with Alcaraz. Sometimes it's kind of like, he, See, you know, I think Alcaraz is going to get better. I like, and I think he played really badly today. And he still got a push at six against an yeah, I, I guy get it. kind of out of the top hundred. He's kind of playing a similar, different game, but a guy in a similar ranking, right? Than Ugo Carabelli. Yeah, and a guy probably a similar ish skill level. Like it's definitely a different yeah. game. I mean, Robertson has more yeah. weapons. Like, yeah, but he also has more holes. I would say, yeah, than Ugo Carabelli. So. If we get a slightly better Alcaraz, I I don't know. I see him getting this number. I, I think it, it has like two and three written all over it, or two and two. But yeah, I mean, these are tough. I I don't disagree. It's probably going to be a beatdown, but like it's just how much of a beatdown. You know what I mean? Like, or another fun line to do is the Alcaraz over twelve and a half at plus one forty. Because sometimes he clowns for a set, and then you you get one tight set, and then the the other set is is like a, a beat down, like yeah. today, you know. Yeah. First one was a beat down, which actually wasn't because 
he started down a break. Yeah. Right? Then the fifth set, the second set, Alcaraz struggled to close. And I think he was up five, you know, too. He was. And I think he had some match points. Like, that's the thing. He easily, well, yeah, I mean, oh. yeah. Yeah, we saw this against Sissipas at the French. Yeah. You know? So, but that's, I mean, that's the problem. Like, sometimes this, this happens. Well, you know what I mean? Like, Livich, this happened too, where I think he won like six love, seven, six. And he was kind of cruising the whole way. And then all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. he like got broken starting for the match. And all of a sudden, you were in a tie break. And, you know, I, I think the over 18 and a half is an interesting look too. I mean, you know, for the same reason, you're probably better off playing the over on the games without Graz in that case. But, mm -hmm. um, well, it's plus 140. Well, that's why I'm saying just because of the, of the, the, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, a better price, but right. yeah, I probably won't play this. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm going to play the minus six and then, uh, Nico Yari, uh, who destroyed my, what's well, 12 to one parlay on with the Vavrinka. That was brutal. Yeah. I think it actually may have been more, more, it may have been like 18 or 20 to one. Um, he'll play uh, Thomas Martin Echeverry. Echeverry is a one and a half game favorite, minus 150 on the money line. Yari's plus 125, over under is 23 and a half. Um, curious to see if you have a play here. Tempted to play the Yari money line here. Like, again, I think Etch should be the favorite, but I don't. Plus one twenty five, I think, is is not a bad price on Yari. Um, mm. No, I I completely disagree. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the one and a half game with Etch here. And my reasoning is that like I'm not buying Yari's form one bit. Um, first of all, he should have lost that match against Favrinka. I mean, he shows grit. He's a good competitor. Um, I mean, I mean how, how should he have lost? It was six seven six two seven six. He was down a break in the third. Okay, but he got the break back. Like, yeah, I mean, got a break back with three dumb errors from Bavrinka. It's not like he earned that break. Yeah, but also, you know, looking at his other results this year, like that, you know, the Davis. But the other results are all hardcore, right? Like this is this is why it's tough. Like. I mean, Yari's better. He's better on clay. Like it's just the move, like the movement. He doesn't get. He doesn't pay as much for the movement. Um, okay. I don't disagree with you saying that Echeverry should be the favorite. I just think that the plus one twenty five is a decent price. Um, like, but it's it's really close for me. Like, I I wouldn't play this. Like, like, like my minimum buy price here is plus one twenty. <laughs> So I'm not like I'm not like bought in on Yari and this is being like a, a fantastic okay. bet. And I may not even play it because it's just like I don't if yeah. if this is in Santiago and there's altitude, I agree with you. But not on this like wicked slow, slow court. Echeverry's at home. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter because the crowd was actually treating Vavrinka like like he was Argentinian. Yeah, you know what? I'm 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 gonna pass. You're right. The the HB. I I think you're right. I mean, like I'm not. I'm, I haven't moved over to you, but I, it's a pass for me. But like the fact that Vavrinka got so close to Yari, right? And like Etch is significantly better than Vavrinka, especially in terms of a movement perspective. Like when the rally started starts, 
I feel like Etch has a huge edge here. Just in yeah, the- I mean it's tough because like Etch has looked really good this week. I get it. He destroyed Bayern and Galan, but I don't know. He lost to Corey on straights last week. Like, yeah, but Corey is a different player than Yari. Like Corey is going to get a ton of balls, uh, but but, 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 but that's the like challenge that. too, right? Like this is gonna. I mean, I think these guys have played twice and both went three sets. Like this is another one where I think the three set line. The problem is only plus one twenty five. I think. Yeah, but I th- I think the three sets could be in- interesting here too. Like, I don't know, man. I-, I I'm trying to look up where these guys played, but they played twice. Uh, Santiago final, Yari won mm-hmm. Cordoba 2022 round two, uh, round one, um, Echeverry won. So they played three times at. I mean, yeah. Uh. I get your point about the slow clay. The question is how much, like, how much does it being altitude, like, impact this line? I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think it's a, it's a passing. The book's got this pretty right. All right, I think Etch should be, like, a two-game two favorite, two-and-a-half. Like, do you think Etch wins this? Like, Yes. Uh, I think on slow time? clay, he wins this 65 to 70% of the time. Wow, okay. All right. Yeah. 65 probably okay i just think he's the better player and i i I think like yari struggled so much against babrinka well not not so much but like it's tough though right because it wasn't was that his first clay match second no that was his first clay match of the year so like how much of that is just getting used to clay again Does he really need to get used to? Yeah. Just to, just to, yeah, I mean, if he hasn't played... Just to serve big and bomb the forehand? Like, that's what he does on any court. The move... I mean, he moves a lot better on play than he does on hard court. All right, fair. I mean... I just think from a rally perspective, Etch has a big edge. Like, once the rally starts, that's going to be problematic for Yari. He's gonna have um, to win a lot if you're always able to play first strike tennis, it's not right. Like, I think well, I think if Etch is on offense, it's a pro. Like, this is all. I mean, this is another. This is a match where like whoever's on offense is in a hugely advantageous position. Yeah, but yes. So like offense, it's probably a a a, a like a wash, right? Like whoever's on offense is gonna have the edge. But the thing is, whenever Etch is on defense, he's way better than Yari on defense. No doubt. Like, and, and like that's why I agree. Like, Etch should be the favorite. There's no like, there's no question in my mind about that. Okay. The question is how much. Okay. So how many? What percentage of the time do you think um, Etch wins this? I mean, I think the books have this almost exactly right. So something between fifty-five and sixty. Okay. Like. So I'm I'm just higher on Etch here. Yeah. Okay. So just recapping the bets, we're both on the Lyavik money line. Uh, you're on Coria money line. I still got to look at it a little bit more, probably, but I'm, I'm, yeah, probably. Okay. I'm splitting the between the bias over 12 and a half and the three set line there. I'm laying the games with Carlitos. You're staying away. And then I'm going with the etch minus one and a half. And I'm going to pass that too. Okay. All right, sounds good. All right, on to the 
Uh, Rotterdam? Yeah. Although I don't, I mean, I don't love this Rotterdam tournament, man. I think it's like, it's, it's like, it's a great draw, but it's just like another boring indoor hardcore, you know? Like, yeah, and it's kind like, of a shame because like the indoor hardcore season in Europe is like six months. Yeah. And I just get like, to my toy, like, like I just said 10 seconds ago, like after I've seen like four indoor hardcores, I'm good. Like. I just like tennis tournaments. Like they could be played on anything. I'll, I'll watch and bet. Oh, I'll watch and bet, but I don't get nearly as excited. Like, I think it's a very boring, like, I think relative to the other tournaments, I think it's, it's quite a boring tournament. I prefer it than Delray beach though. Like Delray beach. It's just, I don't know. I just feel well, like this is a better draw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dimitrov and Shevchenko. Uh, Dimitrov is a four and a half game favorite. Uh, minus 500 on the money line. Shevchenko is plus 375. The over under is 21 and a half. Um, I think four and a half is a lot. Like that's, that's the first thing that, that grabs my attention here. That being said, I don't really want to play the Shevchenko four and a half because like, I don't trust his maturity. And like, I think he, like he could lose a seven, six, six, one, and then you don't get there. Um, what's the Dimitrov over 12 and a half here? Minus 130. It's a bit juiced for my liking. I'm kind of thinking out loud here. Uh, I haven't really looked at these lines, to be honest. Um, what, what catches your eye here? Uh, Dimitrov over 12 and a half. Oh, really? You were on that? Yeah, that, that that's my bet here. Um, so far this year, Dimitrov in the first three sets of his matches... Mm-hmm. Has gone over the 12 and a half. Ten out of fifteen times. Um, and I think like with the way Shevchenko plays, like he's a little bit up and down, right? So like mm-hmm. you know, I, I I don't I don't see I don't see Dimitrov losing this match. I don't either. But I could see Shevchenko maybe winning a set, maybe keep mm-hmm. probably more likely keeping a set competitive. Um, I still feel like Dimitrov doesn't get as many breaks as I'd like him like to see him. Like he's not a he's not bad on return, but I just don't like. I don't know, man. I just don't like his defense. Is it's like he moves around the court well, and he like I don't know. He gets balls back, but that slice floats a little bit. Like. It's one of the better slices in the game, but he he might use it actually a little bit too much. I agree. I I think you know like, and when he's using it offensively, I think he's great. When he's using it defensively, it's not it's not as effective as of a shot. Um, which is to say that I think Shevchenko could can can and Rotterdam's played a lot faster, um, this year than previous years. Is that um, just because there's been a lot of tie breaks and stuff, or are you like? I mean, I've watched a few matches. It looks it looks quite a bit faster. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm gonna. I, I'm on the Dimitrov twelve over twelve and a half at minus one thirty. I mean, like minus one thirty. I get it. Like it's it's more juice than it looks like. There's there's actually a pretty big difference between minus one ten and minus one thirty. But I'll take it. I, I could. I could. I could see. 
a seven five or a seven six six x score here. Yeah, I, I think at least one of the sets is close, and I think Shevchenko could even take a set. Like the Dimitrov to win in straights is terrible. Um, I I think Shevchenko had a way better chance of winning a set against Rune than he does here. Uh, but that being said, like I, I can't see like two and two, you know, like yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, mm. well, I mean, I could actually like Shevchenko could just, I mean, look, he lost four and one to Hubie and looked like he just didn't want to be he lost the first two, like he couldn't hold serve for the first set. So, like, you know, I could, I mean, I could see like with Shevchenko, anything is in the in the potential cards, but... right? Exactly, which is why I don't want to, li- uh, you know, take the four and a half. Yeah, I'm really not interested in the four. And this is why it's tough. It's like what, like I want to back Shevchenko in some way, but like what line do I actually want to take? And then I settled on the twelve and a half, the over twelve. And I actually half. like the over nine and a half games in the first set at minus one hundred five. I think Dimitrov likes to serve first, though, doesn't he? Pretty sure. That's true. That's true. Um, Good point. And like, you don't know which set to meet, like, like Shevchenko, like, she, I, I don't think it, like, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, like he could, like, Shevchenko could as easily come out immature in the first set as the second set. Like, right. Like today um, he came out immature in the, in the second set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, But how did they determine who serves first? Like, what if both players want to serve first? Well, it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip, and then if Dimitrov wins... They flip a coin, and then the winner of the coin flip gets to choose serve or receive. Or they can choose side, or they can choose not to choose. Okay, so... So both players like to choose first, and it's basically 50-50 who serves Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I just don't know about Shevchenko. I feel like watching Dimitrov matches, I feel like he serves first quite often. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right, next match we got here is Demonor against Rublev. Uh, Demonor is a one-game dog, even money. Rublev is minus 120 and a one-game favorite. Over-under is 23.5, but the 23 and a half over is the over 23.5 is uh, plus 105. Um, these guys played at the Australian Open. It was that classic five-setter. Um, hmm. I like the three set line here, even though it's only it's plus one thirty. I think it was plus one twenty five before. Plus one thirty is not a bad look here. Um, that's that's where my eye went to. The other place my eye went to is maybe the Rublev two one. I think that's at three ten. Last I looked. Three twenty now. Mm-hmm. that's interesting to me too. I mean, like, uh, I really I mean, think, I think this should... line is pretty good. I think this is a damn close match. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, this is the match of the round of the, of the day tomorrow mm-hmm. um, between all 12 matches. I really think each set is 50, 50. And like, I don't think physicality or fitness or anything like that comes into play here. And I think both guys are going to be ready to go for each of the sets. There's going to be no clowning. Like, this is a pure, like, just business meat and potatoes, get down to business tennis match, right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? 
And yeah. unless something is wrong with these guys physically, like every point is going to be a grind and competed like, for. Yeah. Competed yeah. for. Yeah. So I like if, if I'm going to take one of these like two zero two one lines, I'm going to take the one with the highest odds at demon or. At plus 360. And then, like, I think a slower court actually oh, ironically helps deep. Well, I, we talked about this in the preview pod, but like, maybe my mind is being skewed from that easy win that he had last year. But you're saying you, you said that it doesn't really matter, right? Because like it was the first match after a layoff and all that. That's that's my opinion. I, I am not. I'm putting I'm, I'm putting more stock into Rublev's wins than I am Demonor's. Okay. Um, I still, like I said, I still think this line is right. Like I think, I think Rublev should be the slightest of favorites here, which he is. Um. Yeah, he should be favored. I think I'm just going to play the three set line here, because I think yeah, this, that's this that's my also. debate is is do you play? Yeah, I mean, they've played four times since 2022. Mm-hmm. Once on clay, the Rotterdam match, and then once in Paris in the AO match earlier this year. Um, outside of the Rotterdam match, Rublev won the other three in a deciding set. Yeah. But it's, I get it. Like, I don't know. that. Like, I mean, yeah, it's... it's These over 12 and a half lines look really good, too, to be honest. The problem is like either of these guys could I mean like two zeros in play for either of these guys, right? Like Yeah. And like there's gonna be there's gonna be breaks in this match. You would think. But I kind of think each set is a coin flip, so like it all comes down to that second set, right? Well, my my point is, I I think I'd rather play the three set line than the overs. Okay, is my point. Like, but you know, the over twelve and a half, you can get there in two sets. You can, you can, but you need a, a seven five six. You need, you know, you need a set. You need, you need two sets with one of them being super close. I get it. It's it's probably pretty similar, honestly. It probably doesn't really. I mean, it probably doesn't really matter what you back. I mean, the problem is again, you could actually, you could actually have your guy win a set, and still not get to the over twelve and a half too with these guys. Like, like I said, I think there will be breaks, which always like I prefer the over twelve and a halfs when there's yeah. not going to be as many breaks personally. Okay, fair. All right, I'm just going to stick with a three set line, but I'm gonna that's going to be a two unit play for me. I'm pretty confident in that one. Is that I, mean, I can never get I, I can get confident in the EV behind it. I can never get super confident in a three set line, right? I think it's always at best it's slightly less than 50-50. Okay, that's fair. Uh next match here is Greek Spore Rusevori. So um Greek Spore won in three tie breaks against Hubie Hercatch. Uh coming back back from a set down. Uh Rusevori beat Umber in the first round, and then he backed it up with a win against Jan Leonard Struff. Uh, Greek Spore is minus 155 on the money line. He's a two-game favorite. And uh, Rusevori is plus 130 with an over-under of 23. Um, So I have a Rusevori quarters future at uh, plus 850. That's yep. riding on this match. Um, 
I'm surprised a lot of other people weren't on that. I, I thought that that was fantastic value. I mean, I'm I'm not just like I'm I'm not a gloater. I'm just like saying basic. I, I thought he was a sizable favorite against Struff. Like I thought he should have been minus two hundred. Like I I really don't think that highly of Struff. I know there's, yeah. there's a debate about it on the on the Discord. I just think Rusevori is a better player. Um, and I mean that that held true, but like, and then I, I thought Stru, I thought Rusevori like did a really good job of taking like Rusevori returned really well today. So I actually watched that a good part of that match because I had a I had right. a Struve on the money line, so I lost. I was wrong. Okay. Um, but um. But I thought Rusevori returned really well, and that was the difference. And because, like, and he returned aggressively and well, and like hit a lot of like really good returns, like deep down the middle. And once he did that, like that was that was the difference in the match. Because like Struve can't play defensive tennis. Really, Rusevori doesn't really either. Like, and this is almost another match. It's actually a little bit similar. Where like it is whoever's on offense is a huge advantage. But I think if Rusevori returns well against Greasepore, he's going to win this match because Greasepore is not a good returner. Yeah. Right. I agree. So I think there's value in the plus one thirty. I'm I'm not gonna play it because I have a lot riding it on, on it already. Um, uh, but I don't feel like hedging in this case, especially Greek Spore off two really long physical wins. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe not uh, physical. That was not physical against Hubie, man. They were I think they okay. gone like thirty aces. Like, All right, maybe not physical, but like long and long. It was long. emotionally kind of draining. Court, but yeah. Emotionally draining. Maybe. Yeah, not not physical, but I think emotionally it has to take something out of you with all those like close games and, you know, there really weren't very many close games, though. Neither guy won more than 30 percent of serve of, of return points. Like I think each guy had one break. It was a very like, but it, but it must stress you out when the score is that close. No. Like Bruce Boy plays, I mean Bruce Boy plays plenty of close sets, right? Like he can't, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't have a good return. He has a good serve game. You know what I mean? Like he plays tons of oversets. Like I don't, I don't know. Okay, all right, fair. I mean, so would you? Back it's a big win for him. I get it, but like I don't, I don't know. I don't like, yeah. Like it wasn't like a super like stressful match. You know what I mean? Like it, like there was like it was a lot of just like quick holds and then like. Tie breaks. Like I don't know if Greeksport had more than one break point. I think Huey might have had like three or four. Like it wasn't like a. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I don't know. I just think Rusevori is a better returner. And especially you say he returned well against Struve. Like this is a very similar matchup. Like Greeksport and Struve are probably two of the more similar kind of players out there. I think they're similar that they're both offensive players, but I think that Greeksport's got a lot more like Greek He's better. Sport, yeah, I agree. What? Greeksport's better. I agree. Well, and Greeksport can actually can like use angles and actually has like some ability to mix it up. Whereas like Struff is almost all just like whack, whack, whack. <laughs> he is, you know, I mean, really, yeah, you know is. what I mean? Like there's he is. There's a difference. Like, like Greek sports, I mean, both are decent at the net action, but I think Greek sport moves, like, Greek sport moves forward pretty well. Um, so I do think, I mean, I think Greek sport is quite a bit better than Struff. Um, but I think Rusevori's year has kind of been underrated in a way. Like, he beat Kachan. Oh, I mean, he's, this is the problem with Rusevori, right? Like, 
he's all over the place. Like you don't know what he's going to be one match one day to the next. Like today it's he had true. a good day when he played Medvedev. He had a good day. He can also have bad days, you know. Like which is why he's, I guess, a dog or pass guy, right? We consider him that, right? So I think you have to kind of take him as a dog here, no? Just don't know the one thirty is that enough of a dog here to be that exciting against a guy at home who's probably a better player. Like, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm passing on this. I have a grease for outright at forty to one, which is like. With center in the draw, it still is probably pointless. But like, <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> but hey, Monfils won a set from center today. He did, yeah. Um, he did. But yeah. um, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm it's just tough. writing the Greeks, the Rusevori futures. I'm not um. Like I, I think this line is pretty good. Down. I don't really want to get involved like on either of these guys at this price. Like okay, yeah. Fair. Uh, and then uh, Yannick Sinner against Milos Raonic. Um, Sinner is a four game, four and a half game favorite. Uh, minus twelve hundred on the money line. Raonic is plus seven hundred. Over under is twenty one and a half. Um. Oh, Jesus. See, I I'd like to play the four and a half, but like. Ryonich could serve really well and then, you know, like you don't get there. And like, you know, Sinner wins like six and four. And I see that being a possibility. With a big server, I think four and a half is just a lot. But that being said, yeah, you're I'm asking, and I think Ryonich is probably the more likely one to serve first, I think. Um, yeah, but if the rally starts, center has such an edge, you know? So it's like, if the rally starts, center probably has like a, what, 75, 25 edge? Maybe like 60, 40, 65, 35, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's a little better than that. Like, yeah, he's he's the way better guy off the ground for sure. It's, it's, yeah. But here, but here's Roundich's serving stats in, in, in his seven wins. And I feel like he, with Roundich, you almost have to like separate it because like, it depends, you know, it depends how he's playing, right? Like, you like, He's just such a wild card, but in his seven wins, he's held 98% of service games, has hit an ace 28% of his service points. Wow. Has won 78% of his points on serve. Sinner gets like Sinner gets aced like pretty much around the ATP average. If Roundish is serving well and 28% of his serves are going for aces. It's gonna be hard for Sinner to get a get a, get a breaks. Like Sinner's gonna win this match, which is why it's a minus twelve hundred plus seven hundred. Because like Rounders just won't win enough points on return. But unless Sinner goes bublik mode and just what <laughs> doesn't yeah, wake up Sinner or something, yeah. But Sinner won't do that. Like, yeah, I, I have a hard time getting behind. I mean, like the reason why the over is where it is is because it's just a matter of how many times Rounders can hold. But I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Do you like the center over 12 and a half at minus 120? It's all the same line, man. And like literally every single one of these lines is the same thing. Like it's all about like the, like all the book is asking you is how many is, is how often can, can center break and when? I've passed on it. This is, this to me is, is a pass. Um, I think this, I mean, like, it's weird, and I and like 
Piranha shared some interesting stats where guys with like this money, because like the book is taking into account round it's absurd. That's the only reason this is four and a half. Right. Because this is a really weird money line to be this high. Yeah. And have it only be four and a half. Like usually four and a halves are like, like if you look at the other four and a halves that are out there today, like it's like minus 500, minus 600 plus like 375, right. 400. It's not, right. it's not this far out. So like the book is a hundred percent. Like this spread money line is, is weird, but it's because it's because of the round it's served. Yep. It's because, and it's indoors. So like, there's not any conditions to impact round it's just serve. Like, I just think also Sinner is, you know, I mean, he's got to be like a top five returner as well now. And if he gets some, put the ball in play. You know, oh, if he gets the ball in play, right? Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Because well, like, totally but, it, but again, if Roundich throws down an ace every third point, like. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean. I don't know. I I always thought that a server serves also based on who's on the other side of the net. So if they're playing a good returner, you know, they tend to go closer to the line. I, I know you don't buy that narrative. I, I do. Mackie McDonald, leader in double faults forced. <laughs> I mean, they just get scared. You know, they just, they just look into Mackie's eyes and Mackie's eyes just, just elicit fear in the opposition. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it makes sense, but I I legitimately don't know how true. I mean, like, it makes sense, and like every announcer says it. I just, no man. The under twenty one and a half kind of looks appetizing. Well, yeah, I mean, then you get four and four, right? Which is kind of nice because, like, I could right. I could see a lot of four and fours here. Yeah, I might play that. I get it. Yeah. All right. That's probably going to be my play. I can't trust the uh, Ryanish to hold five times. Oh, like, I can I can never back Ryanish here. Yeah. Just because like and it's honestly it's probably it's you probably it's probably a play that's about to hit center. Cuz like the more I think about it like okay, so we're I'm, I'm, we're talking about good Ryanish, but like what if Ryanish comes up and comes out and doesn't have it? Oh, then it's 2 and 2. That's my point. And like, so in Roundage's five losses, he's hit 14% aces. Right? So if he's having a if he's not having a great service day serving day, mm -hmm. this is two and two. Right. Like I wish, like what I would prefer to do here, what is an alternate line? What is like what is like center minus five? Or can you like can you get plus money if you like had five or five and a half? Plus 145. Like, is that, and then you just bet on Roundish not having a good day? It's his third match in the tournament. Like, he's at some point, like, he's not used to play. I mean, like, I know he's just going out and whacking a bunch of serves, but, like, you know. I mean, that's actually a decent look at plus 145, to be honest. I think I'm going to stick with the under 21 and a half. That's my favorite line. Okay. Because then you could also get like a you get there at seven five six two. Yeah, but that, that's a cover of the five too. True. That's good. Right. Point. The only line you're getting the only and which I think there's a ton of this. What is actually? Can you go up? What is center to win every each set six three or six four? 
plus four fifty. That's good. I think that might be my play. That's that's interesting. I can see a lot of four and four here, man. You know what? I like that too. I'm gonna play that. That's that's nice. That's probably my good play call here. Out. Good call out. Yeah. Really good call out. I wish uh, Bovada had a line um, right to not break. Yeah, so they don't have it for these matches, but yeah. I know, but like if we could, if I could get that. At I mean, it's borderline comical, right? Like Sinner's even money to win his first two service games to Lover 15, like. Yeah. But yeah, this is all about, so like in Roundage's losses, he's held serve 75% of the time and won 63% of service points. Like if he's not, like this is all, this is just purely like how many holes can Roundage generate? That's the only question you're asking here. All right. Is that GBM worthy center to win a set uh, every set six, three or six, four? You want to? We can go for it. Why not? YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it's a really fun play. It's a really fun yeah. play. You're still trusting, uh, um, Ryonish to, to hold a couple times. Oh, I mean, it's, he's got to hold seven or eight times. Like, it's not, it's not a couple. I know. Yeah, it's, a it's no gimme. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's why it's, it, it, I might play it, but it's not, it's not a GBM. It's not GBM, no. I agree. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll definitely play it. All, All right. right. Delray Beach. Delray Beach. Uh, the fourth match is still not up. Hopefully, by the time we preview the first three matches, it is. But um, Jordan Thompson against Tommy Paul. Uh, Thompson is plus two and a half game dog, um, plus one forty five on the money line. Paul is minus one seventy five. Over under is twenty two and a half. So I am all over the Thompson money line here, plus one forty five. I mean, it's the only way you can play this if you're going to play. I I'm going to pass, but I think it's the only way you can play it. This was the exact spot where Tommy Paul dudded last year. Yeah, but didn't he want to watch Tiafo at the probably, probably because he, right? he literally I think he started at five thirty and he got off the court by seven. Like it really felt like it. it. That's probably why they put Paul during on a in a day match. They were yeah. afraid of him wanting to watch basketball. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but his buddy Tiafo actually has to play at night. I'm pretty once, sure. So uh, yeah, he's not playing celebrity basketball this time. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I've been impressed with Thompson this entire year. Like, I think he's shown improvements. Um, you know, you thought that that magic with uh, Moreno de Alberon would go over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, that was yeah, just... he just brushed him aside. I was luckily on the under there, but like, I don't know. I, I like, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Thompson. I, I just, I think he's improving from the ground. I think his mental um, makeup is getting better, right? Like before he would get more frustrated. I feel like he's, Turn that around slightly. Yeah. Um, and then Paul coming off, you know, it's a quick turnaround after he played three hours with Mickelson coming off a title. And I think that there is a little bit of regression here. I don't know. I, I think it should be like plus 120. I mean, Tommy Paul's a top 20 player. I agree. Like, like yeah. he, like, there can't be like, like regression to what? Like his mean is a top 20 player. So like, no, like, I'm just saying regression in the short term, like from what we saw. It's not regression to the mean. This is like 
this isn't it's it's like he's gonna short term struggle because he's coming off the title yes. just probably this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's tough because like with these first round matches, right? Like you gotta always wonder like how much of it is like getting, you know, like it's very different conditions, Dallas versus Delray Beach, right? Wind versus no, you know, indoor versus outdoor, wind versus no wind, quicker court versus slower court. Like the only thing that's similar at all is their hard courts. One, I think both have a car. Do, 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 do both have a car on the court? That car is so stupid on the Delray Beach. It is. I really, I, have, I am dreaming. I am dreaming for somebody to like hit a super angled shot and somebody to run off the court and smash <laughs> into that car and smash the car. Like, I desperately want to see that car. Get you smashed. know, in Delray Beach, there are actually two people in the car watching the match from the car, which is even stupider. <laughs> like, who, like, who wants that ticket? Like, that's the worst ticket in the house. <laughs> Yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's not even at a good angle to see the court. No, it's the stupidest. It's yet. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And how do they get the court out? Do they drive it out? Is there space to drive it out of the stadium? And is the winner who gets the car? Is the winner get the car? Is the car? If the car might be part of the price for the winner, I'm not sure. Like that might actually be a thing. It's a two fifty. They probably don't have the money to do that. <laughs> No, the Delray Beach, they have money for Delray Beach. Oh, You're okay. talking about Golden Swing. Golden Swing, there's no money. Delray Beach is like a nice solid company. In, in Marrakech, that's why they don't have the car out in Mar- Marrakech, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the car is really dumb. Like, you see the car and you're like, this is why this is a 250 and not a 500. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? The car is, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really like Thompson here. I um, get it. Like... Like, if you think this is a Paul Dud spot, and, like, I get it. If you think this is a Paul Dud spot, then, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I'm tempted to play it because, like, don't think, like, uh, I think this line is, like, pretty respectful to both players. And, like, does the chance of a, like, does the chance of Tommy Paul throwing in an airmail here... Like, does that is that enough to wait it to tie? Like based like based on like the two as players, I think this spread is pretty right. If not me, yeah, but with, even... but not reading into the spot and you know how much tennis Paul has played coming off a title. But he did get three off days. He got three days off coming from Dallas Delaware Beach. It's I I hear you, know. but like. You know, what's the weather in? Uh, in it's Delta? fine. It's 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 mild. It's like cloudy seventies. Like okay, that's not bad. But like, you know, also Paul has a ton of big tournaments coming up. You know, he has finals points in Acapulco. He has, you know, Indian Wells, Miami, like tournaments that I think for him as a as a top twenty player, he's going to prioritize. Now he won the title. You know. There's celebrity basketball at night. Like, I just feel like this is this is the time where like Paul just kind of like, uh, if I lose a match, whatever, you know? Right. And like I'm saying, like, if you're like, it depends how much you're going to price that into your handicap. And like, if you and I'm not saying you're like, you shouldn't price that in. So like, if you're going to price that in enough. Then I can see getting the Thompson money line here. Like, I'm never backing Paul here because of exactly what you said. And because like I think this line is like 
utterly respectful. I don't know. Like, like if both players, if if this is like, if this is a random match at a random tournament in the United States, I think it should probably be three games for Paul, not two and a half. Um, okay. So you're getting the long match with Mickelson priced in a little bit. You're probably not getting the random Tommy Paul Dud priced in very much. I get it. Like I, I, I think like but, this very well could be a Tommy Paul Dud spot, and if it is, but I'm not just backing to... Paul. I'm also impressed at what I've seen from Thompson recently. I, I don't think I don't think it's being. I, I think I don't think it's being disrespectful for Thompson to put a. To, to be a to be a plus one forty five dog go to Tommy Paul, like Tommy Paul is a like when Tommy Paul is playing well, he's a top fifteen player. So do you how how much do you think the book or the market is baking in the the potential dud spot for Paul? Very little, very little, and that's my point. If you're handicapping that in, then I can definitely see getting to a Thompson because like I think I think like blind in terms of just like player skill with Paul you know with, with Paul being um with Paul being at home in the United States this is probably three to three and a half now you take into account the the long the, the title last week the fatigue from that the fatigue from three hours with Mickelson today and like maybe you start knocking that down to two and a half three and then the rest would be like the random dud spot. But like, I don't think it's more than like maybe a couple tenths of a game. Like maybe like yeah, five. I, mean, I, I, line I also tend to be a, a narrative kind of better. Like, um, but yeah, I, I think that this is, this is good enough. I, I think with what I said, it should be like minus one sixty plus one thirty. In that range, I mean, so that puts plus one forty five at exactly zero ED with the vig. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I get it. Like, like I think that narrative like has some validity. The question is, it is like how much? And like, I, so I think it's like a fair. I think it's a fair point. Like, I'm not gonna hate on taking the Thompson money line here. I'm not backing. I'm a pass on it, but I, 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 I hear your point. You know, it's, it's hard. To, it's, it's always hard to judge. Like how much do you take into account? Like the random Tommy, like not random, like, like the Tommy Paul dud spot here. And if there was a spot from the dud, this would be the spot. It would. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Did we talk enough to get that lineup? No, we no. didn't. Unfortunately. All right, next match is uh, Marcus Giron against Patrick Kipson. Uh, Giron is a four-game favorite, but that's plus 105. Um, minus 350 on the money line. Kipson is plus 275, over-under of 22. I've been staring at this line for a while. Um, well, I, I looked at it because I think this matchup was set yesterday. So I looked at it yesterday quite a bit. Um, I, I've been like staring at it, but I, I don't really know what to hit. I, I want to hear what you have to say first and see if I um, can kind of back what you're saying. 
I got, I got nothing here. Like, I think like, I think this, I think this is the right line. Like both these guys are playing well, really well. Um, like, you know, Kipson relative to normal Kipson is playing really well. Um, your is playing really well. Like I, I, I don't know, but like, I think your the way better player. And based on that, I think this, this is like a fair spread. Like I could kind of see getting behind Kipson plus the four maybe, but it's so juiced. Like, like if it was at minus minus one fifteen, I might take it, but at minus minus one thirty five, that's not really appetizing to me. Um, None of these other lines here are really super appetizing. Um, so yeah, I'm on I'm, first glance. I was thinking of laying the games with your own. Yeah. I know. I I feel like Garon is very rough, you know, relatively tough in Australia. Who? Kipson. Kipson, Kipson. Remember, we bet him to take a set and he took a set from Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, no doubt. I just I just think Garon has been incredibly impressive too. Um I fear a little bit that Garon is just gonna like have one of those duds and just like collapse and just go back to what he was prior to Dallas, you know? The problem is unless he completely like, even if he's just like, even if he has a B minus scheme, that should be enough to be good enough. Yeah. And he's playing damn well right now. Yeah. I mean, Kipson is playing well too, but relative to like, well, hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's a it's a pass. I don't know two zero at minus one twenty five. That's kind of appetizing. Yeah, to me. I was really impressed how Giron lost that second set to Monterino and then came back and won six one. I get it. Like, there's a lot to like about Giron. There's lots to like about Kipson too. Yeah. All right, Taylor Fritz against Rinky Hijikata. Uh, Fritz is a four and a half game favorite, minus six hundred on the money line. Rinkies plus four twenty five, over under of twenty one. Um, on first glance, I kind of wanted to take the four and a half games with Rinky. No, Rinky. I mean, dude, we've seen this. Like Rinky, like when he plays against these really good players, who just overpower him, he just gets stomped. Like Fritz is a borderline top ten, top fifteen guy in the world. He's gonna get stomped. It's gonna be like what happened in Sitsipas. Like I, mean, I want to look this up with Rinky. Like I don't know. I'm going more based on like what I saw with Fritz against Nuno Borges. Like I didn't necessarily like that. But that's, that was after a month layoff. Ranking his career against top 20 players. Owen seven. He's won two sets out of 19. None of the sets have gone over 12 games or yeah. None of the sets have gone over 10 games. Yeah, that's pretty bad. 
Like he just like he's just like he's a nice player against like guys of you know against like weak ATP tour players, but like against these better dudes, he just like doesn't have it. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. He's he's it's not like he's competitive at all. He's just getting absolutely like what right. what is he gonna do? Because like, yeah. that's the thing, right? Like, it's not like this is like a random stat. Like, what is he gonna do? Yeah. Like. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm gonna. Ugh, four and a half is a lot to back Fritz on too. But like, you can see why. Because like again, like you know, like. Like this is where we can like actually talk about like the match. Like, like Rinky has no weapon to trouble Fritz, especially on a slower court. Fritz moves well enough. Like, well, like if you're stiff, if you're gonna back Rinky in any capacity here, you have to have the mindset that you're fading Fritz, right? Like you're you're basically thinking, oh, Fritz is gonna be off and he's gonna miss I'm a just lot. Never fading. I mean. I gave the stats on Fritz on American hardcourts. He's ridiculous against guys outside the top 50 on American hardcourts. The past few years, he's like, I want to say he's like 26 and one or something. I know he might be worse than that, but like, I think it was the past year. He was like, he was something insane. Like it's like 17 and one or something like in 2023 he was on American hardcourts against guys outside the top 50. Yeah. Like, it's a perfect spot for Fritz. Like it's nice weather. America, like, like this is what he plays for, man. You're laying the four and a half. I think I went Fritz on the money line. Oh, I went with the, one of those two silly parlors. I think it was actually a really dumb play. Like, I think I might go like the under twenty one. Um, yeah, I think that's probably like, uh, my look is go under the twenty one, which is basically back and it's basically the same thing. What was Fritz in under 20 and a half there? Minus 105. I mean, probably better off just playing the under 21, to be honest. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking me out of the four and a half. That's a good stat on Rinky. Um, I don't know. I was just more thinking about the Fritz performance against Nuno, which I wasn't impressed with, but you're probably right. There's probably room for improvement. And the under 12 and a half, if you want to back Fritz, is even money. Yeah, I was looking at that too. I might just play the Fritz in straight sets at minus 185 as like a parlay piece. I was thinking that too. I was thinking all these things, man. Like I I wanna I wanna get with Fritz in some way. I just I mean how, like what is Rinky again? What is Rinky gonna do? Like I might do that with the let me see the Fritz two zero with the Giron money line My, minus one oh two that's decent yeah I don't know but Ricky competes though like if Fritz is off I could see it getting complicated. What if you did like Fritz, Sinner, Alcaraz, all the winning straights? 
Interesting. Plus 150. Looks pretty good to me. Like, which of those guys should lose a set? If it's anyone, it's Fritz. Yeah. I'm not as sold on Fritz as, as you are. I... I'm only sold on Fritz on American Hardcore's. All right, not even, not even American hardcore. It's got to be an American hardcore against like a weak opponent. Then he'll just, then he just dominates. But like, yeah, it's it's got to yeah, it's yeah. That's that's my opinion. Like against weak, especially guys who don't have the power to match up with him to like to like make him like, you know, to to like make him play like defense and and to, and to like rush him. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, on American hardcore, no chance. I know Holt got him at the U.S. Open a couple years back, but I think that was really an outlier. Yeah, I mean, he's starting to rectify the slam problem a little bit, but I mean, oh, even like U.S. Open is not that great of a place to back Fritz. Like, like, yeah, American like hardcore like the. I mean, this, this is the best. Like, this is the best spot to back Fritz. Like, American hardcore five hundred two fifty. Like, this is where he dominates, man. He won this event last year, right? He won this, didn't he? Win Atlanta last year? He did win Atlanta too. Like. He made, he either made, yeah, I mean, like, the, I think the only one he lost in was Dallas. Like, this is, like, this yeah. is a Taylor Fritz spot, man. Like, this is, this should be his new thing. Like, Vulture of American 250s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't do, like, crazy well in, like, Cincinnati and, you know. Yeah, because those have real players. That's not, that's not yeah. where he needs to be. He needs to be where they're <laughs> lower rank guys. Yeah, yeah, like nobody top 10. And Fritz is a tennis junkie. He's not going to be looking to watch celebrity basketball, nah. right? He's a total tennis junkie. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then uh, the, the line isn't up yet, but Kaboli and Tiafo. I really, really, really want to back Kaboli in some capacity here. Yeah, I think anything better than plus 150, I'll just be on the Kaboli money line. Like, I mean, look, like Tiafa went six and six versus Albot. Like Albot plays better on these courts, but it's not like he's like a top. Like that's still, I, I don't think that's a good result for TFO. Piranha made a really good point about Tiafa. Like one moment Tiafa will look awesome and just hit like a crazy volley or you know crazy shot, and then like literally two seconds left, he'll miss a forehand in the bottom of the net. Yeah, like, and then like some, and there's been plenty of days lately. He's just come out with no energy. Yeah, that too. So. And then, I mean, the last piece is, like, and the MP9 guys brought this up on their pod, like, it is All-Star Weekend for the NBA. And we know Tiafo. we know Tiafo loves his basketball. He was on, like, the ATP website, was, like, meeting Caitlin Clark. Like, he loves his basketball. Yeah, and that's a pretty quick turnaround. I think it's a day match, right? I think it's a 3 p.m. match. Yeah, I think, I think they put me on. It's that is the other piece. That is a little bit of a quick turnaround. Like... He didn't finish until 11 p.m. He's going to have to come back around 3 p.m. That's a, that's a quick they put him during the day because they're celebrity basketball. So they have to like satisfy his needs. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. Like I wish he was at night so we could like just play Kaboli and just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
Yeah. But no, they have to put him because he wants to watch basketball at night. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but like, I I don't know, man. I I'm good. I, I would play like, Kaboli than anything. I don't under, think like, and I think Kaboli, like even just like based on their current form, like yeah. taking out the whole narrative piece, like if it's anything better than plus one fifty, I really and I think you'll get better than that. I'm hoping. I really want to get down with Kaboli, man. For me, it's plus one thirty. Okay, I mean, I get it. If you're playing that narrative in, then yeah, right. Like, like I, I don't like I use that narrative as more of a reason to pass. I don't know, like. I don't know what I would need on Tiafo to, to play him tomorrow. Like it'd be maybe I wouldn't need that much. I mean, maybe I, there maybe there's a long round plan. I need about my I need minus one ten to play Tiafo. Yeah, I mean for me it's yeah it's it's I would probably need like minus I'm probably a little more appetizing like but like maybe like minus one twenty five minus minus one ten. We're not going to get that. It's like it may as well be a joke. But like yeah, I'm I'm looking to hit Sibuli tomorrow too. Kabuli, however you say it. Yeah, me too. That that would be GBM for sure. If if it's yeah. like one sixty or one sixty five hundred. Yeah, I think that I think that that would be the GBM play. Would be Kaboli. Like I'm actually gonna stay up just to like keep tabs on this line <laughs> because I don't want to miss it because I have a feeling it's gonna open up really tasty and then like by the time you wake up it's gonna be like forty cents less. Yeah, probably will be. Probably. You know, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up, but. Um, so just a quick recap. So for Buenos Aires, we both have the Lyavik money line. Is that GBM worthy? It's close. Like we have until 11. Like we can decide. I'll decide in the morning and then hope. I don't think the line's going to move too much more. So I'll decide. I'll, we'll decide in the morning. I think it kind of depends on if like, if that Kaboli comes in, then I think that's the play of the day. And that, that, that's the only, like, like, you know, like that, that I really like that play a lot. Okay. All right. Um, and then Baez, Coria. I might I, take the Coria money line. I'm thinking about it still. That, that, that's a that's an iffy one to me, but maybe. Yeah. Albrecht, and I got no plenty of two. Minus six. I have the three set line and the Baez over 12 and a half. Alcaraz laying the games. I got Etch minus one and a half. You got Yari money line. Um, no, I'm passing. You convinced me not to play it anymore. I'm going to pass. All right. I'm on Thompson money line plus 145. Um, you are passing, right? Yeah. I am on probably Garone 2-0 at minus 125. Yeah. Um, you're passing as well here? Yeah, I'm passing there too. And then I'm on the I'm on the under on the Fritz match, the under 21. I'll probably join you on that. Um, and then in Rotterdam, we got uh, Dimitrov Shevchenko. The Dimitrov over 12 and a half you're playing? Yeah, at minus 130. I like that play quite a bit, actually. It's just a little bit juiced, in my opinion. Like, if it was minus 120, I'd be all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 130 just doesn't excite me. Um, I got to think about a line there. Um, Demon or Rublev, I'm on the three-set line. That's a two-unit play. That's GBM worthy for me, not for you. Problem is, there's like you know, there's like a two percent chance to either. I mean, no, nah, I can't because like the problem is, it's it's. I got it. Maybe it's the problem is there's like there's like so if you're putting it out there at forty-five percent, right? Like 
at best, it's a like at best, it's a coin flip, right? If we're just flipping coins, it's 50 50, and that, that would be like the closest it would be. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know if there's a 3% chance, like, either guy gets sick or like, I don't know, gets injured getting out of bed or like just doesn't have a good day. You know what I mean? Like, there's like all this like other crap that comes in. Like, it, I have a really hard time with hitting you guys. What? It's not likely with these two guys, but oh, I, I know, man. That's the thing, right? Like, I, I know, like these yeah. are like, like if there was a time to play a plus one twenty without big servers or a plus one twenty five three set line without big servers, like this would it's be plus one thirty though. It's a little better. I mean, it really is. There's a difference there. Yeah, I mean, that's my only play there. I don't really want to pick a winner because I think it's that close. Um. Yeah. yeah, man, I think that line is perfect. Like, that's the problem. I think, like, I think, like, I think those lines there are like almost perfect. So uh, I don't Greeks, to stay away. Greeks bore Rusevori. I'm just writing my plus eight fifty futures, but I'm and not I'm just writing my forty one outright. But I, I wouldn't play this. I like, I, I would. I think this is a good. I think this is a, a good line. I mean, Tyone's getting interesting actually. If that gets below minus one fifty, that money line, I might play it for Tyone. Are you? Uh, are you hedging though with Rusevori? No. no. See, I'm not hedging with Greeksport either. I like, am. I just don't really, like. I don't think that like like I think this this line is pretty right. Like Rusevori, I think should be a dog. He's a, he's a you know shortish dog. Yeah. And then Sinner Rionic, um, under twenty one and a half. Yeah, probably. 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 Oh, the uh, center to win every set six three or six. Yeah, I think that that was about that's my play. There's the center to win every set six three. Well, I might play both. I might play each for half a unit. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right, that that does it. Anything on the futures market here? Um, center is now minus money to win the event. Yeah, which, which how I, is Greaseboard down to ten to one? That's stupid. Yeah, like he's gonna have to play center, and like, what does he to beat center? Like four to one, five to one. Like, yeah, it's it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, there's no value there. No, no value. Um, I mean, honestly, with any of these guys, it's tough, right? Because like, especially with center now drawing Roundich in the quarters, like. He's not losing to Roundish tomorrow. No. So he's going to be in the semis automatically. Yeah. Right? And then he's a massive favorite against either Greaseboard or Rusevori. Yeah. Right? And then, like, the bottom half is just, just way tougher, you know? Right. But the problem is, like, I mean, like, do any of those guys in the bottom half have a better than one out of three chance against... um? Against Sinner, I don't. Um, uh, I think, think so. Rublev does. You think it's? I, I think it's. I think it's like one out of three for Rublev. Maybe a little better. Like little maybe better I would than like. That. Like Rublev is, you know, he has the weapons. I mean, how did Monfils take a set off Sinner? Like you know, like Monfils did it twice. He did it last year too. Yeah. I don't know how he's like the secret sauce. I don't know what it is. I mean, Monfils can catch fire for like 20 yeah. minutes, you know, like that's yeah. what he does, right? Like he just can't maintain it. And it was, it was so evident. Right? But I do, I mean, I think like Sinner is like, it's more respecting Sinner. You want know I mean? to be like, I mean, honestly, like the play might be, I mean, there might be value on taking Sinner at this point. There might be, there might be. Like, 
if you think he wins two thirds of the time against in the final, which I think is pretty close, he's never losing the round. Like you can just I, say, I respect Rublev too much to to play that. Still, okay. I mean, I respect Rublev too. I just like. I think Sinner at this point has shown he's significantly better. The thing is, Rublev has a way tougher draw, like just to get to the final. Like he could lose to Demonor easily and then like against Dimitrov. Well, he could lose to, yeah, you can't play Rublev because he could he's like Rublev should be like Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Like Dimitrov plus five hundred is laughable too. Like the fact that Rublev and Dimitrov are the same, that's laughable to me. Well, no, that makes sense to me because, like, I don't think either one's playable, but, like, Dimitrov plays... He has Shevchenko. the easier That's quarterfinal. Why. That's true. Whereas, That's like, you know, Rublev, Rublev has three tough matches to get through. True. But, yeah. Man, it sucks. Like, it sucks that I can't, like... You know, I need to really get on those exchanges because, like, I want, like, if, if somebody were willing to buy up that 10-to-1 on Greek Spore, like, I would love to sell like my outright for, like, a... <laughs> like, I'd love to sell my outright for 40 units right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'd be awesome. If somebody sure. were willing to buy my, my 40 to one at like for like four units, my, my one, yeah. my, my bet to win 40 units at like four units, like that'd be fantastic. That would be. What? I don't what? really know why I hit that because like everything's gone right <laughs> and it's still like, <laughs> like what is no, the reason is well, I was hoping somebody I was took hoping out center. Or Bodic yeah. could take out Sinner. Right. And you probably got the best shot that, you know, Mofis, like Mofis taking a set. Like, that's probably the best, you know, like that. That's good. Yeah. In your yeah. bet. Right. Everything has gone pretty much to plan. Right. Yeah. You need Sinner to get like some food poisoning. Like, it, what are, you know, maybe someone can give him a bong and, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, you know, in Holland, right? Don't they smoke a ton of weed there? Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe, maybe a what quarter bit. is Rublev in? The Rublev Demonor quarter? I think that's the fourth. It's the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah, because Rublev was the second oh, seed, so it's the fourth quarter. Seed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's plus 275. Right. right. It's funny, like, the third quarter is plus 500, and Dimitrov's plus 500. So they're literally giving Dimitrov no, no, or they're giving Shevchenko no chance of winning. Yeah. Which is probably fair, but I mean, it's funny because they're giving him zero. <laughs> Do they have any we can just get Shevchenko for free to win the event if you want. <laughs> they got no Buenos Aires features? Oh, Come on. They're not going to have any Delray Beach if they don't have a lineup yet, even for it. Come on. So disappointing. All right, well, that does it for the pod. So um, we will we'll post the picks and we'll let you know in the, in the uh, morning about GBM plays. Yep, sounds good. And we'll most likely be back on Sunday, Sunday night, right? For yep. Yep. next week, we got what? Doha, um, Rio. Yeah, we got Rio. That's like the crown jewel of the Golden Swing. Yeah, 500. Um, and then what's the other um, event? Isn't there another one? There is. Is it is Los Cabos next week? Um because I know they will move those cabos up in the schedule. Let's see. Los Cabos, yep. Yeah. You got it. Ugh. Ugh. So you got Doha from like what 
5 a.m. Eastern time to. Oh, it's great in terms of having tennis all day. Yeah, it's yeah. just that the, the Los Cabos draw is going to be. It's better uh, this year. It's better this year. What's the? Well, we'll see who actually shows up. But what's the entry list like? Mm, let's see. So Zverev is the one seed. Rune is the two seed. Sissipas is the three seed. Demonor is the four seed. Rude is five. Then there's a drop off. It's Eubanks, Safulin, Hitchmanovic. Then the unseeded guys are Purcell, Thompson, Arnaldi, Evans, Borges, Draper, Giron, Kopfer, Daniel, Vukic, and Yoshi. I mean, if all those guys actually play, that's not terrible. It's not terrible. That's actually a pretty good draw. And then Doha. Doha will be a good draw. That'll be the best draw. That's a 250 as well, right? Yeah. Rublev, Kachanov, Umber, Bublik, the four seed. I guess his ranking is up there now. Foki, Struf, Muzetti, Greek Spore. Um, Hopran, Jang, Sonigo, oh, Andy Murray. Rusev. My favorite part of this is that the tournaments, if they lose a top 10 guy, are allowed to make an emergency substitution. Which basically means they can go like buy some player. They can go out and like make an appearance appearance fee to like some top play, like a massive yeah. to like top player to come, which I just think is hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> an emergency. I saw that they call it an emergency substitution. Like Demiomedev is not playing Dohog, people. That's an emergency. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Djokovic is not coming to any of these tournaments. Like you you'd have to pay him a fortune. Um, and then Rio, you got Alcaraz, Nori, Yari, Sarindolo, Echeverry, Baez, Gerfis, Offner. Basically, it's pretty much the Buenos Aires. It's so. the Buenos Aires draw. It literally yeah. is the Buenos Aires draw. Like, literally, yeah, the literally. same top eight seeds. Chilich, is, Chilich and Altmaier withdrew. Okay. Um, literally, everybody else. Offner, Tabilo, Hanfman, Leibich, Fabrinka, Baena, Munoc. Maybe Mugardi yeah. play this week. Hopefully, so, we don't get any duplicate matchups. Like, hopefully, we get like different ones. You know? Yeah, I know. They should actually have a rule that, like, if it draws out and there's a duplicate first round match, yeah, they should like re like they should just move the guy like yeah. move the guy around, like redraw or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the weaker five hundreds, to be honest. It always is, though. It always is, yeah. Yeah, like the golden swing is always a little a little on the weekend. I mean, Cordoba is kind of a joke. Like it is, it is. It's like a it's a glorified challenger. It is. It really is. Yeah. Which is why it's my favorite tournament because like like only a Cordoba can like, you know, Facundo Bagnus and Dardari be in the finals. I know. Like two true challenger guys. Like True. Yeah. All right, everyone. Right, I think that does it. That this Delray Beach line. We're not. We're not going to wait. We're not going to yeah, talk for three hours. I know. The Delray you can't Beach just line. keep rambling until the line comes out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it'd be that's not going to be exciting for the viewers. No. So uh, we need more followers, guys. So please uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, throw some comments on the X. Uh, we're down under a thousand followers now. So that was that is sad times. But I think Twitter just weeded out some like you know some fakes. I know. I know. We we know what happened. But it still is sad. Yeah. 
Well, have a good night, everyone. Good luck on the bets. And uh, we'll be back uh, back shortly. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone.